Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Bob Levy, former chairman of the Cato Institute for 14 years and now senior fellow emeritus in constitutional studies. We'll be talking about Supreme Court decisions since the New Deal that have expanded the federal government. We'll also visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. We'll talk about Trump's announcement last night, as well as the election and its aftermath and future. It is November the 16th, and on this day in 1941, Joseph Goebbels uh, published in the German magazine Das Reich uh, that Jews wanted war, and now they have it, referring to the Nazi propaganda scheme to shift the blame from the World War onto European Jews, thereby giving the Nazis a rationalization for the so-called final solution. Just two days earlier, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill, having read more than a dozen decoded messages from German police, which betrayed the atrocities to which European Jews were being subjected, had written a letter to the Jewish Chronicle that Jews bore the brunt of the Nazi first onslaught against the citadels of freedom and human dignity. He has not allowed it to break his spirit. He has never lost this will to resist. An act of Jewish resistance was increasing, especially in the USSR, where Jews were joining partisans and fighting the German incursions into Russian territory. But it was proving too little too late as Goals, Himmler, and the rest of Hitler's henchmen carried out the elimination of the Jews using propaganda and anti-Bolshevik rhetoric to infuse the SS soldiers with enthusiasm for their work. As Goebbels wrote in Das Reich, uh, the prophecy which the Fuhrer made that should an international finance Jewry succeed in plunging the nations into World War once again, the result would not be the Bolshevization of the world but the annihilation of the Jewish race in Europe. We are in the midst of that process. Compassion or regret are out of place here. How atrocious, and isn't it amazing the impact that this type of uh, propaganda can have on the thought and the culture of society? We should be forewarned by uh, this type of propaganda <clears throat> here in the United States. Well, last night from his home in Mar-a-Lago in the ballroom full of supporters and press, anxious to hear what may have anticipated, many have anticipated since Trump left office in 2021, President Trump uh, gave his long-anticipated announcement, in order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for presidency of the United States. I'm running because I believe the world has not yet seen the true glory of what can be this nation can be, he added. We have not reached the pinnacle. Believe it or not, in fact, we can go very far. We're going to have to go far. First, we have to get out of this ditch. <laughs> uh, America's coming back. comeback starts now, he told the audience. He said that when he left office, the United States stood, stood ready for its golden age. Our nation was in the pinnacle of power, prosperity, and prestige, towering above all rivals, vanquishing all enemies, and striding in the future confident and so strong. Trump walked through his accomplishments and reminding supporters of the booming economy, energy independence, decreased drug flow over the border, and tight trade deals with China. 
Trump uh, celebrated the accomplishments of his administration, noting that China was kneeling back on its heels. The vicious ISIS caliphate, which no president was able to conquer, was decimated by me and our great warriors in less than three weeks and noted that North Korea had not launched a single long-range missile since my summit chairman uh, with summit with Chairman King von Jong-un. Under our leadership, we were a great and glorious nation, something you haven't heard for quite a long time, he said. He spoke about increasing jobs in the U.S. and respect shown to the U.S. by foreign leaders under Trump's leadership. As to the opposition, Trump brought uh, up how ready Democrats were to claim he would start wars. Instead, his administration started no new conflicts. In fact, he withdrew from them. The crowd could barely contain their excitement, chanting Trump, Trump, Trump. They were anxious for him to say what they had come to hear. But before he gave them what they wanted, he explained further why he believes his uh, potential second term is what the nation needs. He said the U.S. is a failing nation, a nation in decline. A big reason for that is the open border, he said, which is not only flooding the nation with illegal immigrants, but with drugs. We are now a nation in decline, he said, noting the failures of the Biden administration, including rampant inflation, record high prices for gas and other things, the disastrous Afghanistan withdrawal, and the administration's open border policies. Biden, uh, uh, Trump said, is dragging the nation into the brink of nuclear war. It doesn't have to be this way, he said. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and soon we will be a great nation again, he declared. The decline of America is being forced on us by Biden and his radical left, he added. Trump noted that Republican takeover of the House telling the crowd Nancy Pelosi has been fired. Noting the increase in Republican voters of all walks of life, Trump said, this will not be my campaign, this will be our campaign together, he said. The only force strong enough to defeat the massive corruption you've got against you, the American people, the American people, the great Ameri- uh, greatest people on earth, he said, we're going to bring people together and we're going to unify people. Speaking of his goals for the next uh, potential presidency, Trump said his administration would immediately tackle inflation and will put uh, America first again. Every policy must be geared for that which supports the American worker, the American family, and the business, both large and small, and allows our country to compete with other nations on a very level playing field, he said. We will wage war with the cartels and stop fentanyl and deadly drugs from killing 200,000 Americans a year, he said. When I'm not in the while I'm when I'm in the White House, our schools will cease pushing critical race theory as they were radical civil uh, and gender insanity, or they will lose all federal funding. He said, "We noted that biological men will be banned from competing in women's sports. We will abolish every Biden COVID mandate and rehire every patriot who is fired from our military with an apology and full back pay." He also stated he would push for term limits for uh, members of Congress. An end to stock trading for those members, voter ID requirements, and only paper ballots, he said to, said to be used. Trump later added, we will expand the frontiers of human knowledge and extend the horizons of our human achievement, and we will plant uh, to our beautiful American flag very soon on the surface of Mars, uh, which I started, he said. Uh, thank you very much. I'm asking for your vote. I'm asking for your support. And I'm asking for your friendship and your prayers in this very incredible but dangerous journey, he said, if our movement remains united and confident that we will shatter the forces of tyranny and we will unleash the glories of liberty for ourselves and for our children for generations to come. 
American's golden age is just ahead, and together we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. We will make America glorious again, and we will make America great again, he concluded. Great speech. Shortly before the announcement, it was revealed that Trump had filed paperwork with the Federal Election Commission stating his intentions to run for president. So there you have it. We're going to talk with Andrew Jopp a little bit about his thoughts on uh, Trump's speech uh, later in the show. But this point is that clearly uh, he defied whatever the press was trying to push, saying that his day is over. It certainly is not. The enthusiasm in the room was palpable. And, of course, the media was... (laughs) just thick, not only from the United States, but from around the world to see Trump's announcement yesterday. It was truly impressive. And uh, quite frankly, I, I, I look forward to making America great again because I'm pretty sick and tired of Biden's policies, open borders, all the things that he uh, articulated that uh, Biden's doing to uh, ruin our society. Well, Senator Rick Scott will challenge current U.S. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell for leadership of the Senate Republicans in an election on Wednesday, he said on Tuesday. Republicans had expected to hold a vote to pick their party leader on Wednesday morning, following, uh, that'd be this morning, following midterm elections last week, in which they failed to take take control of the Senate. McConnell, who's not faced opposition for his job since he became Republican leader in 2007, is seeking to become the longest-serving party leader in the chamber. Scott announced to his colleagues on Tuesday uh, at a lunch that he was challenging McConnell for the post. Scott uh, also said colleagues sent them a letter outlining his reasons for the challenge, saying he'd heard complaints about the process and priorities of the Senate and how lack of coordination between the House and Senate Republicans I believe it's time for Senate Republican Conference to be far more bold and resolute than we've been in the past. We must start saying what we are for, not just what we're against, Scott wrote. McConnell told reporters the Republicans could delay the internal vote, but he expected to be reelected at the Senate leader level uh, when it took place. He insisted he is confident he has the votes to prevail. Well, uh, I think, quite frankly, Mitch McConnell, first, his popularity is at 7%. That's right, single-digit Seven percent. Further, he backed candidates like Murkowski in Alaska. He withdrew uh, support of uh, candidate, Senate candidate in uh, Blake uh, Masters in Arizona. Uh, you know, he he really was not helpful in these elections. He should be held accountable. A new broom sweeps clean, and I think our own. Former Governor Scott and now Senator Scott from Florida, I think, would be a great Senate leader. He certainly has the uh, interest of the American people at heart. I wonder about McConnell. He seems to be more concerned about his own power and the political elite than he seems to be concerned about American people. And by the way, yesterday, Americans or Republicans have secured a House majority in the next Congress. The GOP clinched its 218th seat, posting a plus nine in these midterm elections so far. A tally that earns a majority. Um, uh, Democrats are projected to win 203 seats with more than a dozen races still undecided. How can that be? Nevertheless, it is. Uh, There's some who are are favored to perhaps go uh, Republican, but uh, many who are favored to go Democrat as well. Nevertheless, GOP clinches the House, and that's a big deal because it gives the gavel to 
uh, our new uh, house uh, leader, and as well as uh, giving the gavel to the committee heads and uh, setting the agenda for what needs to be a lot of investigations going forward. Republican leader uh, Kevin McCarthy cleared the first major step Tuesday towards becoming a House Speaker, winning majority uh, support for his colleagues on a secret ballot. He now faces a week-long slog, or weeks-long slog, to quell objections for his right flank before a final vote. Um, He's led the House uh, Republicans so far, and with them now on a cusp of a majority control, he has a chance to seize the gavel from Nancy Pelosi if Democrats are defeated. Quite frankly, I think he speaks from both sides of his mouth. Uh, I'm not sure he's the right man for the uh, House speakership, uh, and uh, I think there are better choices. And uh, yeah, I know, you know Trump supports him, but uh, I just wonder about that. We, and again, a new broom sweeps clean, and that's what we need right now in the House of Representatives. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Bob Levy, chairman of the Cato Institute. That and more, I should say former chairman of the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541.
Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's uh, brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with Professor Andrew Joppa. Right now, we have with us Bob Levy. Bob, for 14 years, served as the chairman of the Cato Institute. He's currently a senior fellow emeritus in constitutional studies. Bob, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Great to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank headquartered in D.C., devoted to private property, free markets, securing individual rights, and limited government. And that's C-A-T-O dot O-R-G on the web. Thank you, Bob. So uh, we've been talking about uh, Supreme Court decisions, major cases that have led to the expansion of the federal government. And we were talking last week about campaign finance reform. So just to summarize that, that topic... Are you suggesting that we shouldn't be concerned if someone like Sheldon Adelson spends millions and millions of dollars to influence an election? Well, yeah, Adelson and Charles Koch have been the bugaboo of the left. Uh, The New York Times accused Adelson of spending his money to, this was a quote, to advance his personal ideological and financial agenda, which is wildly at odds with the nation's needs. Of course, you know, Adelson, like George Soros, who has never been criticized by the New York Times, has a constitutional right to spend as much of his money as he likes uh, to persuade Americans that his agenda is preferable to the New York Times agenda. Uh, the Times apparently believes that you know freedom of the press is only guaranteed to if you happen to own a press. Um, Adelson's overriding interest, says the New York Times, is his own wallet. What Adelson and this is, again, a quote, really fears in the, in the administration's proposal is to raise taxes on companies like his. So, you know, you have to think about that. Here's a guy now deceased, but at the time he was in his 80s, worth billions of dollars. And it, you mean he feared a tax increase. And meanwhile, he's donating huge amounts for medical research, education, other charities. So that doesn't suggest that his overriding interest is his own wallet. His interest is public policy, and to have the New York Times uh, modify its policy in favor of policies that Adelson believes are more conducive to promoting liberty. So the Times, you know, just wants Adelson to shut up. Why? So that liberal newspapers can dominate the political debate and even tell uh, people like Adelson and, and Charles Koch how they ought to spend their own money. Yeah, so interesting. There are some boundaries, though, that some guardrails. <laughs> For example, you think about Zuckerbucks and you think about the guy in the cryptocurrency uh, fiasco, uh, you know, they're giving millions and millions of dollars, but it had, you know, it, in some cases it's kind of nefarious. It's not following the rules. Yeah, and as you, you and I have discussed before, I think there's, there are lesser remedies than, uh, than putting uh, caps on expenditures uh, to make sure that. <clears throat> that the money is not used for corrupt purposes. And one of those is full disclosure. So um, my preference would be disclosure to a public agency and they, that one that's charged with ferreting out fraud and, and uh, bribery. And if that, uh, that disclosure uh, uh, to an agency should ensure that, uh, that the money is not used uh, for buying uh, 
uh, yachts and taking trips to Bermuda, but rather is used for political purposes the way it was intended. Yeah. I, for one, would love to see more disclosure that are connected to issues, not, you know, who's giving the money and what are they trying to accomplish type of thing. I know it's probably impractical, but irrespective, uh, it's the voter that seems to be kind of in the dark. And uh, that, that and maybe it's just because of the lack of voter, uh, as because of voter apathy, but, uh, you know, right people should be informed about what money is coming in and how it's affecting their votes. Yeah, I, I I sympathize with that. I think there is the trade-off, and that is that people also should be entitled to express their views without having to disclose uh, what they believe to the public, which sometimes retaliates against people that have views that uh, others don't find congenial. And we've seen that happen, you know, with boycotts of private business because of political views and, yeah. and with... Uh, dismissals from jobs because of people to take positions on certain issues and that uh, that's the trade-off so when you have disclosure you run that risk but on the other hand when you have disclosure you also ensure that there's less likelihood of corruption so bob let's uh, turn to national security versus civil liberties a real tension there President Obama promised a big tilt towards civil liberties compared with Donald Trump's focus on national security, but Obama mostly didn't deliver on his promises. For example, the NSA's surveillance programs and the Patriot Act are still being debated. Uh, Let's discuss the constitutional backdrop for restraining civil liberties. Did the Supreme Court approve unilateral executive authority over national security when it authorized the imprisonment of Japanese Americans during World War II? Yeah, well, this was the infamous case of Kuramatsu versus the uh, United States. And it was three months after Pearl Harbor, 1941, um, that FDR issued this executive order that gave military commanders nearly total discretion to exclude persons from desig- designated areas that supposedly had military significance. So Kuramatsu uh, was an American citizen of Japanese descent, and he violated the exclusion order. And as a result, he was sent to one of these relocation centers, which was later described as closer to a concentration camp by Supreme Court Justice Owen Roberts. Uh, No question was ever raised regarding Korematsu's loyalty to the United States. He'd never been to Japan. He didn't claim Japanese citizenship. Mm. He didn't read Japanese, and he spoke the language only poorly. Uh, over the next couple of years after Korematsu's internment, 120,000 Japanese Americans, including 70,000 of them who were U.S. citizens, uh, were confined to these camps. And none of those uh, was convicted of espionage or sabotage or even accused of disloyalty. They were there because they were Japanese. Um, and by war's end, the Japanese American troops had received. Uh, 18,000 declarations for valor. And it wasn't until mid-1946, long after the war was over, that the uh, last residents of these camps finally returned to their homes. So it was, I think, uh, fairly described as disgraceful. Disgraceful indeed. It's hard to believe that something like that could happen in the United States of America. Yes. So what was the courts holding and what was the aftermath? Well, the decision came down in 1944. It was written by Justice Hugo Black. Uh, He was a self-proclaimed civil libertarian, Um, but he invoked national security. 
and absolved the Roosevelt administration from any blame. So 40 years later, after that decision, 1983, uh, the Commission on Wartime Justice found unanimously that Roosevelt's executive order was not justified by military necessity, but was the product of, and again, this is a quote from the uh, commission, race prejudice, war hysteria, and a failure of political leadership. Hmm. And then five years after that, Reagan authorized reparations, 20000 bucks each to each of the uh, thousands of internees, including Korematsu. And in 1999, Clinton awarded Korematsu a presidential uh, Medal of Freedom, which is the nation's highest uh, civilian honor. So we made some attempts to repair things, but of course can't repair things for 120,000 people who were detained for years. Taking years out of their life. Just what, an, what a dark mark on uh, American society that that could, that could happen. Bob Levy, again, uh, former chairman of the Cato Institute and now constitutional scholar uh, with the Cato Institute Emeritus. Bob, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, Bob. Thank you so much, Bob. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratospell Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.com. 
www.jesusfamilyfellowship.org. We have with us Professor Andrew Joppa, author of Josephus of Oz. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Andy. Well, it's so great to have you with us, and there's so much to talk about. First of all, it uh, seems like we're on the brink of World War Three uh, uh, with uh, the missiles that ended up landing in Poland. Any update? Uh, I think there are. I usually start out with good news, and I, I will get to that, but I did want to make sure we hit this issue because there are, I believe, updates. Um, I think at least uh, we can see that calmer heads have prevailed, although I heard many... Uh, many interviews on uh, on, uh, on cable uh, indicating they wanted a dramatic response, a strong response to show Russia that this was not going to be tolerated and all, all of those type of comments. But uh, uh, the calmer heads have prevailed. Now, the most recent report that I, I just picked up this morning, and I think it's new, is that the U.S. has determined that the missiles that hit Poland were defensive missiles fired by Ukraine itself. Yes. Now, uh, that may not be news to you, but I'm, I'm guessing for much of your audience that is, that is perhaps uh, a breaking story. Uh, I think what has to be determined after that is, uh, and I'm not going to become unduly uh, conspiratorial about it, but we have to determine whether that was with intent of Ukraine or just an accidental uh, missile firing by Ukraine, defensive missiles. Um, I, I'm not suggesting I know anything about that, Bob. Yeah. But I would suggest that in this kind of war that uh, there are many false flags that are set up that, uh, that have to be analyzed in terms of what, uh, what happened, not only what happened, but why it happened, Bob. Absolutely. And it's, you know, this is how, if you can imagine, setting off a World War III with false information, it, it appears that apparently Biden actually seconded this whole notion that it looks like there's, these missiles came from Ukraine, maybe misfired. Uh, but irrespective, I mean, it, this is a very serious business. It could have led to NATO getting together and deciding how they're going to uh, retaliate against Russia. Well, it looked like it, it could possibly be an Article 5 of the NATO uh, uh, regulations, uh, which would uh, require a, a response from all NATO members in defense of Poland. Uh, it looked like it was then uh, degrading into an Article 4, which means that uh, NATO had to consider the implications of an event and, and take action if, if called for. So it looked like there were, as I said before, cooler heads were, uh, were dominating this conversation. I think when they, when they brought them to the pit of the fire, I think people took a step back, and I think that that is good news. Uh, I, I think in a in a different situation with uh, with uh, a more dramatic response, it, it could have led to something that none of us would have uh, would have liked, Bob. Well, thank you for that update, uh, Andy. And of course, other good news is, uh, hey, we took the house. Yeah, I, you know, I, it seemed to be a foregone conclusion uh, from the night of the election, but uh, until it actually happened, uh, it was still an open uh, situation, particularly since all of the open seats were in, in blue states, at least the vast majority of them were in blue states. Now, it, I, I believe it's happened at this point, and I know, I know that the, most of the headlines are saying that it's happened. Uh, I want to see the numbers on paper, and I want to see that abs uh, an absolute, but look, Looks like we're going to go at least 218, 217, which is certainly all you need for a majority. It certainly would have been better if there had been a, a larger majority in the House, but uh, any majority is better than none. So it, it looks like we are going to, uh, to have that majority in the House. Uh, we'll have to see now. 
uh, if McCarthy uh, holds the uh, the speaker's chair or gets the speaker's chair, there's uh, apparently a lot of pushback, although we did get a confidence vote uh, yesterday. Uh, but we have to see if he finally gets the, uh, the speaker's uh, slot. Um, the, the Freedom Caucus, I, I know, is pushing in other directions. Um, I would prefer personally that it, it not be McCarthy. I think we need a, a different voice at this point in the House, yeah. uh, since that will be our main uh, organ to, in fact, affect the actions of the federal government. I think we need somebody stronger and more committed uh, to the actions that are necessary. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is the person for that job. No, I agree with that. And, uh, I, uh, I think the same thing about Mitch McConnell in the Senate as well. Even if he's the minority leader, but prefer to have somebody who's stronger. A, a new broom sweeps clean. We just need to get new people in there, new leadership that uh, you know can show more determination in, in uh, getting the job done. Well, determination and, and, and the reality of what they've done. If we just look at the money that was allocated uh, to the Senate candidates, um, for example, in Arizona, it was a fairly close race, Kelly against Masters. Uh, Kelly had $73 million and Masters $9 million. Uh, one can only imagine if Masters had a comparable amount of money as Kelly uh, in Nevada, where uh, uh, Cortez Mastro, Mastro beat Laxalt. She had $46 million, Laxalt $12 million. In New Hampshire, Hassan had $36 million, uh, Baldock $2 million. Uh, so you can look at these numbers, even in, even Pennsylvania, where the numbers weren't that dramatic in their difference. But Fetterman, fifty-two million; Oz, thirty-seven million. So you know these are close elections, uh, all of which I believe, with more funds dedicated from the uh, the Senate funding a areas, uh, I believe those those elections might have gone into the red column. Uh, so yes, I think uh, McConnell has to be held accountable for that. Also, he spent an enormous amount of money in Alaska uh, to support the, the candidacy of Murkowski, essentially against another Republican. Right. Uh, so that money would have been far better spent with Walker and with Oz and with, with Laxalt. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's, there's, there's actual information that we can suggest, not just the general uh, attitude about McConnell, but the choices he's made during this 2022 midterm, I think, have been disastrous for the Senate campaigns for many Republicans, Bob. I couldn't agree more. I think that's well said, Andy. And, and, and frankly, I think that's retaliation against the one party and the establishment Republicans against Donald Trump and make America great again. I think that was part of the, the whole uh, agenda for McConnell. He needs to go. Well, that, that's, that's probably true. It, it certainly can't be rejected out of hand. Uh, I, I would hate to think that uh, the pettiness of that kind of situation uh, would have caused McConnell to go in that direction, but it looks like it did, Bob. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm reluctant to agree, but I, I think you're probably right about that, uh, about that direction, if that is true at all. Uh, then I think McConnell has to be out. Now, I did read one interesting uh, thought on how McConnell can save himself. Uh, how, we, how McConnell can save himself in the Senate, they offer two things that he must do. First of all, offer tremendous levels of financial support for Walker in the, in, in the runoff in Georgia. That would be one thing. The second thing, now whether this is even possible, I don't know, but it suggested it should be attempted to try to convince Joe Manchin to come across to the Republican side of the Senate. Now, if that happened, if those things happen, if, if Walker can win in Georgia and Manchin comes across to the Republicans, 
then we do take control of the Senate. So I'm not predicting any likelihood of either one of those things, by the way. But I think those two things, uh, if they occurred, would save McConnell uh, as the majority leader in the, in the, in the Senate. Is there any indication that uh, that Manchin would actually consider doing that? Not, not there's anything that's been direct about it, but certainly uh, it looks like with the comments recently made by Joe Biden about absolutely closing down the coal industry and uh, all of the other comments that would negatively impact on West Virginia, uh, it certainly seems like it's the right place for Joe Manchin to go. Now, whether or not he's going to make that kind of decision, he, he certainly has a lot of leftist leanings in his general uh, um, views. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't think it's an impossibility, although I've heard nothing indicating that Manchin has leaned or said he was leaning in that direction. Absolutely. Anyone to talk to you about uh, what's happened the last night at Mar-a-Lago? Uh, can you stick around? I'll be here, Bob. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. We continue the conversation with Professor Andrew Joppa, author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the Always show. Always good to be here, Bob. Thank you, Andy. So let's, uh, I'd, I'd be very interested, and I know our audience would, in, in your reaction and thoughts about last night's speech. 
And it was uh, it was unusual, emotionally unusual for me. I, I just had one thought while we while you were on break about the the Ukraine situation, Poland, the missiles, and so forth. Uh, I was just wondering if it was determined that Ukraine intentionally fired those missiles into Poland as a false flag operation to uh, to bring in uh, uh, NATO uh, action against Russia. Would NATO determine that that uh, constitutes an attack by Ukraine on Poland and therefore invoke Article 5. It just, it just crossed my mind that mm. it should, in fact, generate that. If it was determined by satellite imagery that those missiles were intentionally fired by, by Ukraine. So there's no, there's, no, uh, there's no background to that, to that thought, Bob. It just crossed my mind. Now, getting to, uh, to Trump last night, uh, there used to be an old way of determining the way a person felt about a difficult decision. It was thought that you'd flip a coin in the air, and while it was in the air, you would know which of the two decisions you really wanted. And even though you couldn't decide before the flip, the flip would tell you exactly what you should do or what you wanted to do. Last night, I felt the same way when Trump announced his candidacy for 2024. I, I was exultant. I, I was thrilled. I was emotionally provoked. It told me that uh, no matter what type of intellectualization I had put myself through in terms of this, uh, uh, when, when push came to shove, Trump's candidacy was exactly what I wanted. So uh, that that was my that's my first comment. Uh, it 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 was that kind of a moment for me, and I presume for many Trump supporters, mega uh, mega people, that that was exactly the same way they felt. Now Trump's presentation last night was as as subdued as I've ever heard him. I I think it was a a difficult assignment for uh, for Trump to make a a long presentation uh, without uh, veering off of script. And he, he handled that. Uh, I thought he handled himself in a in a controlled and mature manner. That was his intent, and I think he succeeded. Uh, I was pleased that he announced last night. I was pleased that he announced soon, at least if not last night. Uh, I think that will, in fact, uh, begin to uh, to shake the trees a little bit, and we'll begin to get a better idea of what lies ahead. Uh, how do I project the Trump? Uh, President, a candidacy for this 2024 upcoming presidential, um, it's, it's hard to figure. Certainly the media will be against them. Uh, much of the Repu uh, Republican elite will be against them. There's absolutely no doubts about that. Uh, the question remains as to what kind of challenges he's going to, uh, to have a f uh, impact uh, on this race. The one I don't want to see happen, I don't want to see DeSantis enter this race uh, with a challenge for Donald Trump. Um, I, I think their other candidacies are, are not meaningful. I think the, the Santos candidacy would produce a, uh, a break in the, uh, in the Republican Party that may be irreparable in terms of going into the 2024 presidential election. So I'm not saying Ron DeSantis, after the way uh, he's been abused to a certain extent by Donald Trump, will come out as a big advocate of Trump's candidacy. But I do want him to, to stay on the sidelines uh, and, and uh, project his future uh, for 20, uh, 2028 and then again in 2032. Uh, so those are my, my immediate thoughts. Again, I was pleased by it. I think it will start to align things up in terms of our understanding of what lies ahead. Uh, and I think Trump has a very solid chance. Uh, to effectively uh, gain the nomination, certainly, and a very solid chance, presuming the elections are controlled now, and I want to talk about that in a second, uh, to win that election in 2024. 
So interesting thoughts. I, uh, one thought I'm having as you were speaking, Andy, is that, uh, you know, certainly uh, DeSantis has a right to run for, for presidency, and it's not a foregone conclusion that President Trump should become president again. In other words, it's, it's the people's decision. Perhaps uh, uh, I realize that it's, uh, it would be uh, not fun to watch, <laughs> but I do think it is democracy at work or our republic at work when you have uh, people challenging each other for these really important uh, positions. Yeah, my, my, my ideas were not to suggest that he shouldn't or couldn't do it, uh, but merely for the sake of the party. And I believe for his future, he shouldn't do it. If he goes into a direct challenge with Trump and he loses, and I think he would lose, mm-hmm. I think he would lose, that might diminish uh, DeSantis' chances uh, uh, for the, the nomination in 2028. I, I certainly don't know that, uh, but I don't want to see DeSantis diminished. I think we have the possibility of putting a Republican in the White House for 12 years uh, and I think that uh, requires that Trump win in 2024, and then I'd like to see back-to-back DeSantis presidencies in 28 and 32, Bob. Well, I agree with the outcome you're seeking. I I definitely uh, agree with that. So uh, what are your thoughts right now in terms of, uh, I, I, you, you mentioned the, the resistance that Trump is going to certainly have. I'll add the uh, Department of Justice and the FBI as a, a resist, points of resistance to his becoming president. But w- what are your thoughts on the election we just experienced? Well, I mean, it's going to continue. There's very little doubt in my mind. Uh, but again, this uh, all depends to a large extent on what the, the House does in, in terms of um, investigations into some of the, uh, the behaviors that we've seen demonstrated since 2015. Uh, so if the House does its job uh, and does its appropriate uh, uh, process of of investigation. I think these things might be interfered with, in the, not in the negative sense, but interfered with in, in the sense of bringing them back into legality. So, uh, uh, barring that, yeah, there will be a tremendous amount of FBI and DOJ uh, insertion into this uh, process for for the next two years and during the uh, the the process for their presidency in 2024. But the House can, in fact, minimize that with the appropriate actions being taken. My, my greatest concerns actually deal with the, with the numbers that I saw come out of the 2022 uh, midterm. Now, if we look overall, the, uh, the plurality for Republicans nationally appears to be 51 to 48 percentage, the plurality in the favor of the Republicans, which is an unusual swing uh, in these elections over the past <clears throat> decade or so. Uh, the Democrats have nationally uh, polled the, the largest number of popular votes. In this election, in this election, the one that Trump so theoretically dramatically damaged, apparently, uh, by all estimates at this point, uh, the, the Republicans outpoll the, the Democrats by about three or four million votes, which is a substantial movement from, from where it had been. So that's, that's a, that is a good number. Right. On the other side of this ledger, if we look at all of the votes uh, for people under the age of, um, let, let me say, under the age of 30, the votes for the people under the age of 30, the Gen Zers, the Millennials, 65% of those votes went towards the Democrats. Now, I, th- I don't think that portends well for the Republicans in future. Those are the ongoing voters. I think those are the voters that are still being created within our elite institutions and by the, uh, and by the high-tech media. So those numbers are worrisome. 
as we move a bit up in, in age, we go uh, from the age up 30 to 44, uh, the number goes 51 to 47 for the Democrats. So a dramatic drop-off once we, we put just a few more years into the American voting equation. When we go 45 to 64, 64 we find that the, uh, the vote shifts for the Republicans 54 to 44. Men, 56% of the men voted for the Republicans and 44% uh, of, of the women. So uh, there are uh, some, uh, some very solid voting number indications. The one that concerns me the most is that the, the age-wise, the lower age voters voted uh, dramatically uh, for, the, for the, um, the Democrats. And again, those will be ongoing voters, and that population is being dramatically increased. And of course, the minority voters, although there were some slight nudges towards the uh, Republicans, those numbers still remain very strongly uh, in favor of the Democrats. Uh, so good, some good numbers, some numbers that worry me. Um, what I think, do I think that Trump has a, a, a positive chance, a very positive chance of winning the nomination and the presidency in 2024? Considering there's an illegal, illegal election and considering that, uh, that mail-out ballots can be limited. Now, the mail-out ballots have to be limited, Bob. In those states that authorize the, the mail-out ballot system, the, the mail-out ballot goes out to almost everyone that was previously registered or registered currently. Those ballots accumulate in, uh, in the lobbies of apartment buildings. There's no way to determine the, uh, the, the identification of these ballots when they come back in or are taken out of the envelopes. The mail-in ballots, the Senate has to take, I'm sorry, the House has to take some action to try to interfere with that. I'm almost universally against federal involvement with state elections. So that, that's a problem for me uh, in, in terms of my, my positions. But again, something must be done because these mail-out ballots corrupt the election. There's absolutely, absolutely no doubt about it, Bob. Yeah, well, that was one of the positions that uh, uh, President Trump took last night in saying that we should have paper ballots and things should be decided in one night for sure. And uh, by, the way, by the way, the money coming from the uh, cryptocurrency, millions and millions of dollars going to, quite frankly, fund uh, the Democrat policies. And so I'm thinking back to some of the, the amounts of money that were uh, financing the elections for uh, Fetterman and others. Uh, you know, uh, again, that has to be cleaned up as well. Uh, we need to take another little break, Andy. Can you stick around? I'll be here. All right. We're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining to choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, a limited government, and the rule of law. We continue the conversation with Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Again, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Good to be with you, Bob. So, Andy, where do we go from here? Well, offline, you reminded me of something I didn't want to talk about, um, with Trump being blamed for almost all Republican woes, which is is absolutely absurd. <clears throat> he had about a uh, 96 or 97 percent um, uh, rate of, of support on his endorsements. Um, certainly with the increased popular vote for the for the Republicans. Uh, so uh, Trump is not the problem. As an incumbent president, uh, he picked up more votes in his, in his second run than any incumbent president in history. So th- this, this man is not the problem. And to emphasize that, I, I went back in a, in a blog to uh, 1992 when I went through the George H.W. Bush presidency and the, the problems there, then to Bob Dole, then to George W. Bush, uh, then to John McCain, then to Mitt Romney, uh, and finally, finally, the Republican candidate who had to force himself on us, Donald Trump, proved to be the one that actually turned America around. Mm-hmm. It was Donald Trump that took a party that was going nowhere with milquetoast opposition that would have been eaten alive by the left during a presidential uh, a, a, a pro- process, uh, and Donald Trump saved the Republican Party and America, more importantly. So again, I don't think Donald Trump was the problem. I don't think he is the problem, and I don't think he will be the problem. But of course, they're going to make it seem like, like Trump is the, uh, is the big negative in the Republican Party. Um, before the election, I had uh, set up a couple of uh, projections as to what might happen. One of the projections, and I, I created this in terms of a surgeon talking to people about a, a patient. And so I, I wrote, Bob, the patient has survived, but we were not able to eradicate all the disease. The disease still affects many of its major organs, and its future remains in serious doubt. Mm-hmm. What I said would cause that kind of pro- prognosis is, is if the, the House is taken with a very slim margin, which it is going to be taken that way, maybe 218, 217, and the Senate goes to the Democrats by either holding at 50-50 or moving to 51-49. That is certainly going to be accurate. So uh, the point I'm making is that these, these uh, results 
of this election, I think, were, were predictable. I think the causes were predictable. Uh, I think we have to undo the causes. Um, and I think many of the Republicans now are talking about policies. And those, it's worth talking about policies, no doubt. But I think the big issues on the table are going to be controlling the legality of the election. If we look at the numbers, controlling legality, I think, would have given us a significant majority perhaps 52 to 48 in the Senate, would have given us another 10 to 15 uh, House seats, all projections uh, based on an analysis that uh, would uh, eliminate everything I've read about irregularities in the voting process, particularly the mail-in ballots. So uh, that is where we, we have to go. And I'd love to see the Republicans unite behind Donald Trump. That I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but we have to see what's going to happen, uh, obviously. Uh, but I think, as I said before, uh, with Trump announcing his candidacy, I think we'll shake the tree and we'll see where people stand going forward, Bob. Yeah, no, no, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, we do need new leadership, uh, both in the House and the Senate, in terms of the committees and the, the uh uh, leadership in the in the uh, Speaker of the House, as well as the uh, Senate Minority Leader, is going to turn out to be. So that that is going to make a big difference as well. I also note that you know what uh, we made progress in in election uh, election integrity. It, we didn't get there. We didn't cross the finish line. The elections weren't perfect this time, but they were better, in my opinion. And uh, we, you know, we still have some Democrat enclaves that uh, control and uh, the elections. Unfortunately, I think Arizona, New York. Uh, are among those places, uh, Pennsylvania for sure. But, uh, you know, we're making progress, and I think we ought to embrace that and understand that. Bob, I, I certainly hope you're right about making progress in terms of voting integrity. Uh, I would add a, a pessimistic voice, as I'm prone to do, of course, that perhaps what we're seeing is a reluctance to verbalize the lack of integrity. Uh, I think because of the way the uh, what's called the election deniers have been abused by uh, by this uh, Biden administration, uh, that even if they saw uh, election irregularities taking place, they may have been very reluctant to verbalize those because of the way that they've been uh, legally and uh, certainly uh, attacked on social media and uh, by high tech across the board. So it may be that. I prefer to believe what you said, uh, although I don't think that movement towards integrity has been dramatic. Uh, I'd like to agree with you that it's it's improved. Yeah, well, we had 70,000 more poll watchers. We had the uh, the, the precinct captain uh, movement, there's just a number of things that have made the situation better, albeit that there was resistance for uh, making fair elections in Arizona, especially Pennsylvania. Just uh, And went to your point about the mail-in ballots, those issues are so serious. We need to get to, uh, just like in uh, France, getting election results the same day. That should happen, and we shouldn't have. Here we are. Uh, uh, Get Ghana gets elections. The, the 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 Republic of the Congo gets elections the same day. I mean, it's amazing that this nation, theoretically the most technologically advanced and sophisticated nation on the planet, at least in in the in the top two or three, uh, somehow can't get this done. It bothered me enormously when the when the outstanding House seats all were in uh, in red states, and that that worried me. That regardless of the numbers that were still outstanding, I thought it could still go to the uh, to the Democrats, the House. Uh, so, again, I, I'd like to think the integrity has been improved, but I'll tell you what, Bob, I'm looking at a list we can't talk about today of about 15 or 20 irregularities that took place in the 2022 midterms, yeah. documented irregularities. So, yeah, I'd like to believe Bob, Bob Harden on this. <laughs> I'd like to trust you, and I think you're right. 
But I think we have to also understand that there are, there's a long way to go in terms of integrity. Oh, I would agree with that. Andrew Jopp, again, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk soon, Bob. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did and learned a lot. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow as well. We've got great guests, including uh, Michael Cannon, who is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, Seton Motley, the founder of uh, Less Government, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, and Keith Flaw, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.